Our homes, where we spend the majority of our hours, especially right now, profoundly shape the way we experience the world. Why wouldn't we want to create those homes with that fact in mind? Today, I'm going to tell you that if you love yourself and your family, you should share that love with the house you live in. Hey there, welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 7. If planning a remodel has been seeming like a superficial thing to be discussing right now, I want to tell you that I believe it is anything but... The space we live in defines our experience of life. Why wouldn't we want to help that space be its best so that it can help us be our best in turn? This isn't the podcast episode I was planning to create this week. I had something in mind that would be practical and fun with DIY projects you could take on with minimal skill sets. Don't worry, I'll come back and do that in another time. But I threw my agenda out the window when I listened to an interview with Sarah Williams Goldhagen this weekend. It stopped me in my tracks. Literally, I had to stop in the middle of walking with Roxy to start making notes on my responses to her many thought-provoking statements. I often talk to you about what you can do to improve your home, strategies, tips, and design moves, but today I want to talk about why, because the reasons behind your choice to remodel should be the primary driver of what you choose to do. I was so moved by what Sarah Goldhagen had to say that I ended up putting together this episode as a response filtered through my own perspective as a residential remodeler and mid-mod enthusiast. First, a little about Goldhagen. She's an author and critic who's taught for the Harvard Graduate School of Design and written books on modernism, Louis Kahn, and most recently, Welcome to Your World, which explores how we as humans experience the built environment, the buildings, all around us. She's written for Architectural Record, The New Republic, and The New York Times. When I did a little background research before this episode, I was particularly enamored of a headline in the Times for a scathing review she wrote of a new Frank Lloyd Wright biography out last year, Architecture's Most Irredeemable CAD. For me, that tracks. Because believe me, while I admire Wright's work, I am well aware of how unsatisfactory his personal, and in many cases his professional life, really was. Goldhagen has devoted herself to the question of how buildings shape our lived experience. The interview I mention is on the new podcast, At a Distance. It's a thought-provoking collection of interviews about, as the creators call it, the bigger picture. Co-founders Spencer Bailey and Andrew Zuckerman interview experts in the environment, the economy, post-traumatic stress, food, art, yoga, politics, and design, talking about how COVID-19 may shape our world to come. They spoke to Goldhagen about how the pandemic may lead people to become more aware of the places where we spend our time and how those matter to us, perhaps even becoming an impulse to improve those places. If you feel at all inclined to meditate on the wider implications of COVID-19 to the human response to houses and buildings that we surround ourselves with, I encourage you to go check out the interview yourself. There's a link in the show notes. Find those notes with many links and a handy summary of everything I'm about to say on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 307. Okay, so I spend a lot of time thinking about how the places, especially homes, that we live in affect people. That's my job. But my approach is generally that of an architect, which is to say that I think about aesthetics, practicality in terms of legal code and contractor buildability, and the experience of the people who will occupy the spaces I design on a daily basis. I believe that places matter, but I don't typically spend a lot of time considering how they matter. 
The first thing that Goldhagen mentioned in her interview, which stopped me walking, was that 90% of the thinking we do is subconscious. That subconscious part of our brain is deeply influenced by our surroundings. Focus, productivity, relaxation, and even happiness can be created or harmed without a single conscious thought due to the characteristics of the place that we're in. For example, I woke up this morning to a sunny day after several days of clouds and rain, and I felt instantly energized. Now, I can't control the weather to make that happen every morning, but there are a lot of things about the waking up experience that I can consciously design and then carry on subconsciously experiencing every day I wake up. I don't know about you, but that idea fires me up all over again with a desire to craft my home into a place that fills my days with purpose and positivity. It feels even more relevant right now, as we spend nearly all of our time at home. But this is always the case. We spend a big chunk of our lives at home. We start and end every day there. And we have more control over our homes than any other part of our built environment. Think about it this way. Back in the before times when we were allowed to go to public spaces, you could control your environment by voting with your feet. You could select one coffee shop over another, not just out of proximity, but because it had more comfortable chairs, better music, an eye-soothing paint color on the walls, or a great view to the garden. But if you had a quibble with that space, you couldn't just get up and move a planter from one side of the room to another, turn down the music, or repaint the walls. We pretty much have to take a public space or leave it. We have even less control over the physical environment where we spend work time in normal days. The gender wars over the temperature of desk job offices are legendary, In most workplaces, you don't get to choose where you sit, the style of the building, or where in it you work. We understand that aiming for the corner office is a status symbol, but also it offers a certain level of autonomy over interior environment that people who work in the bullpen don't get. Even when we're talking about picking out a desk or wall art, though, the corner office doesn't let you control the level of natural light or change the view you look at out the window. The point is, in your home, you are allowed to make your own choices. The irony is that we often feel hemmed in by social constraints that limit what we choose to do to tailor those homes to match our own personal preferences and needs. Take it as a given for a moment that our subconscious minds are deeply influenced by the world around us. What can you do to create a home for you and your family that will reinforce a world where you are happy, energized, and ready to meet the world? Part of what makes a beautiful home is a clutter-free environment with enough storage to put away objects you regularly use. Some of it is the fineness of materials you choose, throw pillows, paint colors, backsplash tile. But a lot of what I'm talking about is more subtle. What is the quality of light in your home? Does a window at the end of a hallway call you along it and into the room beyond? Does the height of the ceiling encourage you to linger or keep you moving? And does that align with the part of the house where you want to linger or keep moving? These subconscious decisions are influenced by architecture, and architects have been interested in engineering the lives of the people who occupy their buildings since day one. The most obvious example is my dear frenemy Frank Lloyd Wright, who famously controlled the details of his clients' lives down to designing a dress for the woman of the house to wear in her dining room to match the design of the room he'd created. He claimed to have invented the carport, and he did it to discourage clients from accumulating clutter in a garage. These stories always rub me the wrong way. I don't think it's my job to push my clients into lifestyles that I approve with the design choices that I make. But on the other hand, I encourage you to think about how you can use design to pull yourself towards the life you want to live. Imagine the life you want to have, plan that into the home you've got, build it in, and then live it. Love yourself by loving your house. It's not just an aesthetic question. 
not keeping up with the Joneses, but rather creative design solutions can affect the way you experience your life positively or negatively. They will affect your and your kids' moods, the way you feel in harmony with your spouse, the way you leave your house and enter the wider world. I don't say this to offer a prescription, do X, Y, and Z, and get a perfect house, but rather to ask you to carefully consider when you make choices for your house. I want to emphasize, your home will affect your life, your outlook, and your daily experience one way or the other. It's not design neutral or design good. And a house isn't an organic object that's sprung up out of the ground. To circle back to Sarah Goldhagen, I'd like to read a moment from the introduction to her book, Welcome to Your World. Not just every building or urban square or park or playground, but every sidewalk is proportioned. Every window is sized and positioned because people made decisions about the sidewalk's dimensions and placement and what, whether the window would be able to withstand or not, and about how it would look, feel, and function. Somebody decided. Somebody decided whether that person thought much about the decision or not. So I just want to remind you that your decisions matter. If you think I'm exaggerating, or that I only think this because I'm an architect who spends all day thinking design, consider this. Recent studies carried out in places as different as Norway, Japan, Canada, and Austria show that being in the presence of wood has a positive effect on our emotional state. Scientists can measure stress by checking the skin's capacity to conduct electricity. And when they placed people in rooms furnished with different surfaces, the wood-clad room produced the calmest people. It did even better than a white room filled with plants. Uh, take that, Instagram. So how about that MCM wood panel wall, huh? Being in proximity to wood seems to have a calming effect on humans, generally. Check the show notes for a summary article to some of those studies. Goldhagen mentioned this in her interview, and she pointed out that the same effects are not produced by fake wood. It's not just looking at wood grain that produces physiological effects. It's the touch, the acoustic property, the way it absorbs and bounces light and heat, and our subtle human ability to detect what is real and to thrive on that authentic connection to the natural world. Light also has a profound effect on our experience of space and even physical well-being. You've probably heard of the harmful effects of blue-toned light, like the kind thrown by computers, TVs, and cell phones, on our ability to settle down and go to sleep at night. That's true all day long as well. Not getting enough access to light also produces clinically recognized conditions, like seasonal affective disorder in some people. Hey, I went to grad school in Minneapolis, and I remember not seeing the sun during the day one whole winter as I worked in the lightless design studio. Maybe you don't miss the light that much over winter, but just because it doesn't give you a diagnosable condition doesn't mean it isn't affecting you in some way, or costing you in happiness, energy, or enthusiasm. While some of the effects of seasonal affective disorder can be offset by setting yourself in front of a grow light for a few hours every evening, natural light is much better for people. Again, Goldhagen. She attributes this to the benefits of variety. As she puts it, people hate to be bored. And even without a view, a room filled with natural light will give you a sense of variation and change. If the sun goes behind a cloud, it will dim. The shadows will move from one side of the room to another, and they'll change through the seasons. The room will warm up in sunset light. With a view out a window, you get even more access to the changing seasons and the cycle of the day. I always like to leave you with practical takeaways. I hope this has fired up your feeling to make improvements in your home. And I'll leave you with a list of design ideas to consider every time you're looking at your whole house or even on a room-by-room basis as you consider a remodel. Now, of course, a checklist can't replace the more philosophical soul-searching, which is what I hope will result from your listening to this episode— 
but you can't go wrong by starting with these ideas and letting them spark you to consider more things in a valuable way. So here are six design considerations to hold in mind as you plan a remodel that will love you back. First, make spaces different. Avoid uniformity in your house. This is as true in a subdivided Victorian as in a modern open-plan glass house. Change the ceiling height, the wall color, the proportion of rooms, and the amount of natural light to create variety in your home. Second, walk towards light. Always try to align a window and door or a window and hallway so you'll be enticed to go down that hall or into a room by the natural light and view at the end of your path. Third, keep storage handy. Make space to put away the things you use close to the place where you use them. Have both beautiful places to display your things to give you a sense of peace, but also enclosed or invisible spaces to store things out of sight and out of mind when they might otherwise agitate you. Fourth, highlight asymmetry. To make spaces interesting, since we hate to be bored by our environment, keep your eye moving around a space with asymmetrical arrangements. This might be in a furniture layout or the way you hang pictures or mount built-ins on a wall. This goes hand in glove with all good mid-century design, so don't be afraid to live life off-center. Fifth, build with wood. In general, reach for natural materials to create a human connection to nature. And this, again, is an easy thing to choose for a mid-century enthusiast. Choose wood floors, clad the walls or ceiling in wood, use wood built-ins and furniture. Just don't do all of those at once. That can lead to a dark and lightless space. Instead, mix and match. See the point above about variety. Above all, before you confirm your design, take time to confirm that it matches your priorities. You create your house, and then it creates your daily lived experience. So make sure that your choices are congruent with your lifestyle, your family, and your home. So I'll circle back one more time to Sarah Goldhagen. Asked how she thought this time of COVID might affect people's perspectives on design, she said she hoped it would help raise awareness of how our space affects our lives. As she put it, is it possible that people will now begin to realize how vastly important the configuration of their space is? She doesn't see how it couldn't. And I don't either. One of the things that affects how much people like a place, per Goldhagen, is how much control we have over that space. And our homes are the place in which we have the most profound control. I'm reminded of the advice I gave earlier this season on designing for you and your kids. Children like to have agency over their own places. That actually makes them no different from the rest of us. We all like it when we have the power to make decisions about the spaces we inhabit. Imagine for a moment how differently we'd feel if we'd all been forced to take shelter wherever we were when the stay-home order went out, like characters in a zombie movie holding up in a pub or hospital basement. Being in our homes gives us so much control over our environments, and it's real power. And imagining a home you love that loves you back. Grateful to be staying home in the home I love, construction in progress or not, I don't take it for granted. And I suspect you've been feeling many of the same things. I hope that if you've been contemplating design changes, improvements to your home, but hesitating because the timing feels wrong or it doesn't feel like a meaningful and valuable priority, that you will reconsider. Our homes are profoundly important, and crafting them is not just a way of expressing ourselves, but of creating ourselves. Before I wrap up, I want to shout out a new listener. Jessica B123 says, I dream of a pink bathroom. Love, love, love. We are hoping to buy a mid-century home next year and wanted to do research before jumping in. I've listened to the first two episodes, and this is just what I need to get started. Jessica, 
Hooray! Thanks for sharing, and I hope that I can continue to provide you with great inspiration. I'd love to know why you are listening. I'd love it if you'd leave a review and tell me why, or pop over to my Instagram at midmodmidwest and drop me a direct message to say why it is that you listen to Midmod Remodel. I love people who own and love mid-century homes so much. I work every day here to encourage and support you so that we can preserve and improve these great little houses and keep them kicking for another couple of generations at least. And I'm here for you regardless of how you're going about that improvement project. But who you are and what you're trying to do does make a difference to how I can best support you. So let me know. If you're here trying to get some free design advice, history, problem solving, and ideas for mid-century houses, you just want to listen in and gather ideas, that's wonderful. I make this podcast for you, and I want to put these ideas out into the world and help as many people as possible to love their mid-century homes. Now, other people come for these episodes, and maybe this is you, because they're thinking about a remodel and shopping around for ideas, but also for expertise. If that's you, you're looking for someone who can be an architect on call and help you plan a design where you're on the same page. You might be considering reaching out to ask for a mid-century solutions package to create a designerly master plan for your upcoming remodel, or even ask about full design services. In that case, I hope you'll listen to this and it will help you clarify that I might be the right match for you in your home. There is a third type of listener out there, though. They aren't looking to hire an architect. They don't want or need a fully customized home design. But at the same time, they aren't quite sure how to kickstart their home update process. Perhaps this is you. If you've been, air quote, planning a remodel for a while now, but it's mostly considered of scrolling Pinterest or Instagram until you get overwhelmed, then getting frustrated that you haven't made any choices, then I have a solution, which is the Ready to Remodel course. I created it because I wanted to be able to offer help to people who need more than this podcast, but less than hiring an architect. Realistically, I don't have enough hours in the day to provide assistance to every aspiring MCM remodeler, but I don't need to because there's so much you can do on your own with a little help. The Ready to Remodel course offers step-by-step process, what questions to ask yourself and in what order to aim yourself at the remodel that will match you and your family. It's going to be launching again in June, and I'm really excited to walk through the steps with a new cohort of people and to be there for you, remotely, while you kick off your mid-century remodel the right way. If you want to know more about that, pop over to midmod-midwest.com slash waitlist or find a link to the waitlist in the show notes, which are, of course, at midmod-midwest.com slash 307. Grab the links I've mentioned, find that Sarah Goldhagen interview directly, and see an outline of what I've covered in this episode, including those six tips. You can help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. That's all for now, Midmod Remodelers. Have a great week in the home you have and imagining a home you love that loves you back.